All right, we are back. All right, another week of the Steelers chat, and I have my favorite, Alex Kazora, is here again from the Steelers Depot. How you doing? Hey, D, I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me back on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you recovered from Sunday? Nope. Nope. No? Not yeah. even a little bit, and we're <laughs> getting ready for Thursday. Yeah, uh, Thursday is, is really around the corner. Um, the guys... They did not practice on Monday. They practiced um, today, and our injury report looks good. It's the one thing that looks good right now. Yeah. Devin Bush fully uh, participating with that foot injury, so this team looks a lot healthier than Cleveland going into a short week, which is one silver lining. How bad is it when the first compliment is, our injury report looks good? <laughs> you take what you can get. Yeah. So to start with that, um, we know you like to give grades. What would you give this team's grade overall, offense, defense, and special teams uh, this week, this uh, after week two's performance? So one grade for the whole team? Is that oh, what you're asking? Whole team, yeah. Oh, man. I'm not really sure, to be honest, because it feels like they're so separated, so segmented based on the offensive grade. It's so much different than the defensive grades. And individually, you can really go down that rabbit hole. Maybe a C plus overall. I mean, it, it's about in line with what we expected. No one should be surprised this offense is struggling. That was the expectation. No one be, should be surprised this defense has played reasonably well. I think they played pretty good. Maybe not quite elite level type play, but really good in week one, and you know had their moments in week two. Again, they they really yeah. held a potent Bengals offense in check, and they held the Patriots to seventeen points overall. That should be enough to to get you out of stadiums with victory. So. Special yeah. teams, pause has been good. Harvin's looked, you know, encouraging and it's progressing nicely. But you had the Olszewski muff punt. And so it's really hard to give one singular grade. I think generally speaking, things are about as expected. Okay. So uh, I want to talk about the D-line. Uh, Cam Hayward, we know him to be that facilitator of that line. Um, you know, telling guys where to go and what to do before that ball snaps. What did you see differently from week one to two with just the line itself? Well, I think Hayward certainly had a tough matchup against Cole Strange. In week one, he dominated a rookie, Cordell Volson, and you thought going into week two, maybe Hayward can do the same against Strange. To his credit, I mean, he really held his own. Rarely do you mm. see Hayward as locked up and not getting pressure on his bull rush as often. And it wasn't even just that the Patriots were sliding protect protection to Hayward's way all that often, it was a lot of one-on-one -on -one opportunities that Strange was winning. He was a pretty much a, a relative unknown kind of guy. Thought he'd be a day-two pick. Patriots take him at the end of first round at a UT Chattanooga, and that was a surprise. But he certainly yeah, looks like shocker. Everybody was like, right. "Wait, what? What are we right. doing? Who is this guy?" <laughs> yeah, he had a good Senior Bowl week, but no one thought he'd be in that day one conversation. Um, yeah. So again, when, whenever Watts out, there is going to be more tension drawn to somebody like Hayward, and he had a tough matchup overall. The, the, the D line is deep. They ran some of the three three five. Actually, ran a lot of three three five in that game. Three down uh, front to try to mitigate some of the lack of edge depth and lean on some of the depth they have up front. The Marvin Leal playing a lot of rush end, for example. So I thought late in the game they kind of wore down. Um, that last drive obviously was a killer thirteen play drive that runs the final six and a half or so minutes off the clock. And there were some, I think, schematic issues as well with their over front they were playing, and the Patriots countered that pretty well overall. So. I mean, again, they, they've held teams in check. They've kept the score down. They've played to their blueprint. There's always some more to look for. And obviously, the lack of pressure, just generally speaking, was was troubling mm -hmm. last mm -hmm. week. And they have to yeah. come up with a game plan to improve that. Because Watt will be back, but not anytime soon. And they got to get better. Yeah. And were you shocked to see Mark Robinson uh, inactive this week? 
I wasn't really. I I I'm a big Mark Robinson fan. I, I'm excited for his Me future too. and what he can do. <laughs> but this is a guy that's a rookie and played one year linebacker in college. And it comes yeah. down to a numbers game. They get a lot of special teams guys available to them, and there's only you know so many guys that you can dress. So frankly, I was not that surprised. Yeah, I I can't wait for him to get out there and uh, and and show everybody what he can do. I was expecting, um, you know, a little bit more from the linebackers. I think Spillane had a, a you know, a, a good day. Miles Jack had the best day as far as tackles goes. Um, Minka, to me, was quiet, even though he did have the interception um, there. So just to take it back to the secondary a little bit, because that was where my concern was going into the season. What do you see and how do you see them, um, you know, how? working together to improve, even though, I mean, it's really, really hard. It's week two. It's not like they're, they're getting a ton of points scored on them. Right. Um, you know, you got the one, the one, one-on-one with a kilo. So how are you feeling about the secondary? I think they've been opportunistic. I mean, you, they've had, you know, as a defense, what five interceptions the first two weeks and yeah. four of those have come from the secondary. And so they really capitalize on some of the plays. They're playing a lot of zone. It's been a lot softer zone coverage than what maybe I was expecting or used to. And the one benefit though, is you can read the field, you read the quarterback, you read route combinations, you can really break and make plays on the football. A lot of the picks they've had, both of Minka's interceptions have come off a of cover too. He's playing the deep half and just reading yeah, the quarterback and he covers so much ground. And I just think that it's an intelligent defense. I'm not saying that, you know, other teams are, are just not as smart, but I think these guys are like just true nerdy um, football players. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um, that's just the feel I get from from those guys. And, and I think Tom and, and, and T.A. trust them um, out there a lot, which is, you know, which probably makes it fun for them to play together. Yeah, and they're experienced, and you know, this isn't the mm-hmm. same group as last year where there's there's more continuity, there's more talent, there's not been as many injuries and, and off-season losses. So, I, I mean, again, I think Witherspoon has struggled the first two weeks. I think he's been late to some stuff, obviously got moshed really bad on the Aglor touchdown that you referenced a, a moment ago. I thought the chase touchdown that he gave up at the end of that fourth quarter, he's got outside leverage on that play. He can't allow the out route. He's got to force that one back inside. It's a tough spot to be in, but I think he's got to be able to finish these plays I, a bit better. I can't even – like that – that touchdown could have happened so many plays ago. They had unlimited shots in the end zone. Right. And by that time, I'm I'm mentally and physically exhausted because I, I can only imagine what those guys are going through um, out there trying to figure out what play is, is going to happen next. So, like, look, that to, in my mind, that touchdown should have happened about four plays early. Right, <laughs> sure. But the Bengals, I'm sure, were sitting there saying the same thing. Like, they had to be mentally yeah. worn down and just saying, what is going on? So, I mean, it, it kind of works both ways. But Minka's been fantastic. Edmonds has played solid. I think he doesn't get yes. credit. Edmonds' conditioning is just off the charts. Here. This guy, you know, he has not quite lived up to expectations of, as a former first-round pick. But this guy never misses a snap, doesn't miss practice. His body fat's super low. He played 107 snaps in that first game. 100 on defense, 7 on special teams. He's doing jammer work and, and in addition to playing strong safety. I think that gets overlooked, the availability, the durability, and the conditioning that Evans brings. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad he was, to me, should have been an extremely easy resign. I don't know what took so long with him. Um, and I think him and, and Minka work so well together. And I'm, I'm glad that, you know, someone else is recognizing the hard work that he put in. He had a spectacular play, um, you know, this week that, that helped us out a lot, but just not enough. Um, so... I tried to spend as much time as I could on the defense. <laughs> <laughs> and now we go to the offense. And now um, we talk offense. Okay. 
if you had to say three things or it, the, the most I'll give give is three, um, three reasons why the offense is performing the way that it is. Um, to me, it doesn't look different. I'm not surprised, as you, as you said mm. earlier. It doesn't look different than what we saw yet, last year. There's nothing about it um, that says, oh, my gosh, it's the worst I've ever seen. Oh, my gosh, it's so different. It's, it's very much the same. So for you, do you think this offense, is it the play calling? Is it the quarterback? I know these answers. I'm just asking because the people, you right. know, need help making these assessments. Is it the offensive line? What is it? I mean, it's generally all the above when things are as bad as they are right now, when your offense is mm -hmm. averaging 15 points per game in 2022, when the Bills are hanging almost 50 burgers on on a good Titans defense. Um, and so generally, you know, I, I try not to isolate it to just one thing. If I could say a couple of things be. about the offensive struggles, I think first on offense has been continues to be poor. First you know, quarter, first drives have been relatively poor. They're averaging, I think, 4.3, 4.4 yards on first down. They were at 3.9 last year. Still really bad overall. I think there's been a mixture between a quarterback that's certainly making some mistakes. You know, the thing with Trubisky is everyone's talking about lack of deep shots, lack of middle of the field. Some of that's true, but I'm more worried about he's taking some bad sacks. I think three mm -hmm. of the four sacks they've given up this year have been directly on him. He missed Claypool on an out route in the red zone last year or last week on third and four. Should have been, should have been at least the first down, maybe a touchdown. He takes a really bad sack there. Uh, can't have that. I think he's missing stuff underneath in terms of those reads as well. And so that's, to me, more problematic than not airing the ball out 50 yeah. yards downfield. I think with Matt Canada, the offense is very structured. It's very rigid. It has the hallmarks of what he did in college because you're, you know, when you're coaching a 20 year old sophomore in, in, in college, he's got to play within that structure. Not a lot of freedom, not a lot of ad lib opportunity because he's a young guy and you're just trying to, you know, not play, uh, not make mistakes. And that's kind of right. been the way that I feel this offense is being maybe indirectly told don't make the mistake, take the profit. Let's win on possession downs. Let's play field position, rely on our good defense. We have a good kicker. Let's just get in range. That seems to be the overall mindset, similar to 2019. And there's similar. some value in that. Right. But there's more talent this year. And you got to score points here if you want to win. And this offense has just been been way too flat. Yeah. So um, the offensive line isn't really controlling the line of scrimmage. Um, do you think that has to do with just talent? Is it scheme? Like, what do you think? Well, I think the line's been better than what I – thought it was we talked a couple mm -hmm. times ago we talked about how bad this offensive line was it feels like no one's really talking about that right now in terms of the pass protection it's been i think reasonably good going against some good fronts in the Bengals and the patriots i think run blocking in week one was pretty poor i thought it was better you know in week two i know Najee missed a couple of holes in that patriots game i think some of that's a bit overstated um, yes <laughs> yeah it, it's just been you know some it's, occasional... it's easy to see from a you know a sky view of this right. big wide hole you know and i Absolutely. think he probably thought he could take the, the the one guy in the middle and he just probably that's the first thing he saw but yeah anyway. so it, it's still you know a group that's trying to come together and harris has missed time with the foot injury and that hasn't helped either and the patriots have a good run defense so it's probably been a bit more combination of things there, but I've seen some progress uh, going from really this whole offensive line from the summer until now, but even as a run blocking unit from week one, which was really poor, there really was no push to them getting more of a push off the ball in week two. So how would you describe the middle of the field? It seems it appears to be open, um, uh, open for play, like, but it's not being used. Um, so how would you describe, you know, the use of the middle of the field? 
Yeah, I know I get asked about that a lot, and that's tough to really answer in in like a big broad term. It really depends on the play that you're talking about. There are mm-hmm. some calls that are being you know sent to that area of the field. They've been against maybe some poor coverages to do it against. They ran you know these over concepts, these crossing routes a lot against cover one, and that's not and a great then throw Pat, to make. Pat Ryan, typically. Right, he had that one kind of hit off his face mask on third down. It was good coverage, tight throw, but a play that he normally makes. So, you know, do I want to see them be able to push the ball downfield more and use the whole real estate? Sure, I think I do, but I think some of that's a bit overstated. And, you know, sometimes it's there and the coverage doesn't allow it. The Patriots were playing a lot of zone, kind of forcing stuff underneath last week. So it, it's just it's just hard to really give one answer to because it really depends on what play, what situation we're talking about. Yeah, so and another thing that is just bothering me, I think, um, one, just being there and, and that energy and knowing that your team is is not performing offensively how you imagine. The last thing um, I take pleasure in is calling for another quarterback's name. Um, you know, I personally, being in the stadium, didn't hear it. And it's probably because I didn't want to hear it. I was so focused on what was going on on that field. Um, how do you think that impacts any element of the game hearing, you know, another quarterback's name being chanted while the team's trying to try to drive? Well, I think Trubisky heard it. That's for sure. It seemed to be the indication after the game. I don't think it really has an impact overall. It's not going to sway Tomlin one iota and Trubisky's a professional and he's going to do his job. And so, I mean, that was to be expected. We knew the second that Trubisky faltered, these chants were going to happen. It's a tough spot to Crazy. be in when you have the guy that's going to replace you sitting on the bench right behind you. So it's a tough spot, I'm sure, for Trubisky, but you just have to play better. If this team wins Thursday and they beat the Browns, or 2-1. They're leaving the North. Like, we're all good. Yeah. We're all happy. So, I mean, two, if they lose. Then- in the division, it's like it's not um, it, it's not a time to panic. And I don't right. want to sound like I'm panicking. I'm not um, it's just kind of you got to go through the the motions and and we're not always going to play. We're going to have games where we win and we're going to play still play bad. Um, and we got to sure. talk about it. Uh, right. So um, there's no panic here. I don't want anyone else to panic. It is week two. Um, we went through a panic mode last year for some reason. I think we went, we lost like three straight and mm-hmm. everyone's calling for, uh, you know, Ben. If Ben were on this offense today, it would be Ben's 2-0. You know, Ben can't throw. It would be all of these things, but you're seeing the same thing that you saw last year when you were trying to, you know, get that 30 plus, 40 plus. How old has Ben now? I don't know. Uh, just turned 40. Just had yeah, 40, out, out, of, out yeah. of the league. So, um, you know, the, the thing that is constant is still there. So. Uh, yeah, and that's frustrating. Like, there are concerns with this offense, and there are long-term things to talk about. The offense is not going to put up 40 points, I'm sure. Thursday night. Great if they do. I'd be happy to be wrong about that, but I doubt it. Uh, the, the, the pass rush is going to be concerned. How, how do you generate a pass rush? Do you have to blitz more? How does that change your coverage structure? How does that change your overall approach to uh, approach to things? So there are things to talk about, but it is, as you said, just two games into the year. They beat the Browns on Thursday. We're all happy again. So just, just talk to talk to both of us after Thursday, and we'll kind of see where things are at. Yeah, and it's still, it's still not enough. Um, the guys are still gelling. Um, they're, the offensive weapons are so good and i don't even know if i want you to just like exploit them all right now anyway that's just why i do i mean i i want to exploit them every single week i think the skill guys i think they have to be in more situations to win i think deontay he's averaging i think eight yards a catch and he's got to do it's got to be more than that that's not on him that's just on the structure of the offense george pickens this guy's making so many plays 
throw him a jump ball, allow him I to mean, win yeah, and play he, back. He has this much space to yeah. catch and, you know, get his feet out after a catch. I mean, they're, they're pretty much throwing him out of bounds every time they're, they're, they're sending the ball his way. So, um, you know, how, how is he going to get the yak, as, as they say, uh, in those types of situations? So the play calling has to improve to get these guys some some opportunities to run down the field after the catch. Sure. Um, so I, I definitely agree with with your what you're saying there. Um, and the run game. Um, I am still impressed with Jalen Warren. I mean, that move where he like lowered his shoulder <laughs> um, on the guy. I can't remember the, the exact defender, but I was just so impressed. Um, the little bit of the small amount of snaps that, that I saw him, him carry. How are you feeling about Jalen and his role on this team? Yeah, I think he's done well. I think he's been the same guy that I watched in Latrobe. Super competitive, mm-hmm. super fearless, big old chip on his shoulder, as he should be. I mean, he went from Juco to Utah State to Oklahoma State on drafted creation. This guy had a journey to come to Pittsburgh, but I think he's done a good job. Again, his conditioning's been fantastic, too. For a rookie, I mean, he was available every day, working hard. Dude finished yep. every single rep in training camp. He runs hard on special teams, covering kicks right now. Um, and he's been able to give Harris a bit of a breather, which is important for yes. his health. And just, you, know, you, just, you don't want this guy playing 90% of the snaps every single time and wear him down to enough. So, I mean, I, 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 I'm confident in Najee. I know he's gotten a lot of criticism lately over those couple of bad reads. And they were a couple of bad reads, but it, it's just that. It, it, he's going to bounce back. He's fine. As long as he's healthy, and he looked pretty healthy to me. I mean, this dude's you know stiff arming people and hurdling people. That foot looks good. So Warren's yeah. been solid, but Harris is still that dude. Yeah, he's he's still the number one back. Um, and I don't know who will know if you ever know if his his injury is significant or insignificant or not. Bottom line, he's out there, so they believe, and he believes that he's healthy enough to go, and we'll we'll stick to that. Um, I'm I'm cool with going forward with that. This matchup with the Browns, um, I, I personally have said the first to 21 points is probably <laughs> the person that's going to win Probably, yeah. <laughs> it's like a game of 21 in football. Um, how are you assessing this matchup? Yeah, it's going to come down to the trenches, I think. How well does Pittsburgh get the run game going? How well do they stop the Browns' run, de- or run offense? Because they got two really good backs in Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Uh, Cream Hunt, a good offensive line, and Wyatt Teller, Joel Batonio, I know, I know he's dealing with a bicep injury, but I'm betting he's going to play. This guy's not missed a game since 2016, so I like his oh, wow. to suit up for this one. How well do you defend that wide zone that Cleveland likes to run? I mean, Pittsburgh, as bad as Pittsburgh's run defense was last year, they had two pretty good games against the Browns, oddly enough, and so they yeah. know these guys well. Um, how well do you fit the run and, and pursue uh, the ball carrier and things like that? That's going to be important because the Browns want to run the football. They have run the ball effectively. They're over 200 yards a game through two weeks. They lead the NFL in total rushing yards. So that'll probably be the biggest thing is just trying to stop the run. Yeah, we didn't do the best job um, last week. Did did a pretty decent job with Joe Mixon the week prior. Um, of course, the run game is 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 where I'm worried, and, and not having that threat of T.J. Watt definitely – helps calm um, a QB's mind and make them a little feel a little bit more uh, comfortable standing in that pocket. Uh, who do you think out of the linebackers is going to bring the pressure? Uh, we didn't see zero sacks last week. So who do you think is going to be the guy this week? It's probably a combination of guys. I don't know if it's one guy in particular, Alex Highsmith right. against Jedrick Wolves on that uh, left side of the Browns line will be uh, 
a big matchup to watch. Highsmith has always had success against Wills. Has really dusted him with inside spins and good counters, and so he'll have to this bring that Alex again. Spring game is not a joke right? this year. No, I love it. So yeah. Um, so that's going to be important. But other guys will have to step up. It, it probably will be more than just one guy. It'll be Malik Reed, and mm. it'll be you know whether they have to Marvin Leal rush the passer a bit more and somebody else manufacturing pressure. The call they had on Minka's pick where Highsmith got free was one of my one of those brilliant play calls I've ever seen. The way they they built off a pressure they had last week or, or two weeks ago against the Bengals, and they, they kind of do similar, but but bluff things against the Patriots. Really, really good. So it'll be leaning on scheme a bit more than just rushing four and letting TJ Watt do his thing. And so it really comes down to probably more on the coaches than a player to manufacture some of that pressure. Okay. Yeah. Do you have a score prediction? I haven't given mine yet. Like I said, the first of 21. Um, if anyone gets close to 21, the closest, of course, to 21 will win that one. Do you have a score prediction? I don't. I honestly do not have one. I have not. I've been going through this this Patriots game so much, and I, I'm I'm the kiss of death. I'm 0 for 2 picking games this year. I picked the Bengals to, to beat Pittsburgh in week one, and then I picked Pittsburgh to beat the Patriots last week. So do the opposite of what I said. I should probably pick the Browns just to make everyone happy. Right. I was like, honestly, to be to, to be honest with you, I am 0-2. I got the score right of the last game. Okay. Um, but uh yeah, I almost got the score right in the first game. But uh that's that's funny, but it was the opposite way, of course. So yeah, I, I'm with you. It's really hard. Um and 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 Miles Garrett, I'm I'm assuming he's gonna play, so he's gonna be a disruptor. Um if I'm a quarterback, I'm gonna be bothered with the fact that he's out there. And, um, you know, but with all the chatter coming up, coming in from Sunday, look, 21 is the goal. 21 is going to be my goal every week for this team. I mean, you see teams like Baltimore scoring 38 and Miami scoring 42. And, (laughs) you know, like we, we aren't letting up, you know, the score right now on, on the opposite side. But I can't imagine having to come back from that. <laughs> come How back. How many points the, the Dolphins have in that fourth quarter against Baltimore Sunday? I'm trying. To, I'm going to look that up right now. How many points did they score in the fourth quarter of that game? Because they were down. Right. Were they down 21? I believe so. They were down. Uh, looks like 35-14 late in the third quarter. They scored 28 points in the fourth quarter. I think Pittsburgh's offense has scored 30 the whole year, the first two weeks. I believe. Crazy. Yeah. So you're right. It, 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 the Steelers are playing blackjack. First to 21. Yeah. We don't go over. It, yeah. It's definitely a game of 21 for us. That I'm going to just stick there and stay there and, and hope that we can get there and hope that we go beyond that. I want to be wrong. Um. So, oh, man, I don't want to pick the Browns. I just can't do it. Uh, but first to 21 wins. <laughs> yeah, the key will be shutting down or minimizing the run game because if they're on schedule, yes. they're on rhythm, then the pass rush is going to struggle even more. They're going to work their boot game. They're going to work play action game. And so it's obvious to say it's always a challenge against the Browns, but how well you can stop the run, fit the run, um, that's going to be critical because their zone scheme is really soundly built. They've been doing it for years. they got guys who can do it. And so that's going to be a really good litmus test of this, this Pittsburgh front seven. Yeah, and shout out to Miles Boykin. Uh, awesome special teams play this week. And uh, can't wait to see uh, more of him. And, of course, George Pickens. We're waiting for the big play from George. Hopefully Definitely. we get some of that on Thursday. The way they defended Boykin, just really quick, Belichick knows how good Boykin is because initially they had two jammers on top of Boykin at the line, and then Boykin beat them both the one rep, and he ended up pulling a jammer off and having him lined up almost as a second return man who would come in late and, and kind of shove Boykin out of bounds. And so 
Miles Boykin has been a fantastic gunner. Yeah, special. He's an amazing special team, and like the the speed that he has, like just and the hands, it. like the way he, because the way that a gunner works is the way a receiver gets off press coverage with your hand use. And I think Boykin's been able to translate what he has learned as a receiver and and really carry that over exceptionally well. Usually, like receivers and pass rushers do well on special teams because it's all about getting off of blocks, and those guys know how to get off of blocks because they're doing that against press and. Of course, pass rushers are doing that against tackles. So those are usually the guys that can really become effective special teams. You know, I just had a thought of, um, you know, Boykins. You remember how Darius Hayward Bay, you yeah. know, we didn't use him too much. But then, like, just amazing yep. on special, a special teamsman for, you know, a lifetime. I love And he that. was the, he had speed. That was the fastest yeah. guy. Like, they, they had so many, <laughs> whenever they raced, DHB wouldn't be allowed to race because they said he was going to win. So when, yeah. whenever AB and I think Shazier and other guys would race, they would say, you go on the sidelines, Darius Hayward Bay. So, <laughs> yeah, he was, I mean, he, he was a former first round pick that became a great special teamer, just did his role, found a new, new, path to carve out really yes. cool career that he had yes and and that's a, that's what i was just going through it that's who popped in my head darius hayward bay so Perfect. um shout out to him and and miles like I'm, I'm looking forward to some more spectacular plays um on special teams but uh i don't have i don't have like i said i don't 21 is is it for me but i do again want to thank you for coming on today and again for anybody that has not tapped in with Alex, please tell them where to find you on social media. Um, the Steelers Depot, if you're not familiar, but go ahead and Alex, tell them when I can find you. Yeah, you can check us out on Steelers Depot. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex underscore Kazor. Appreciate you having me on D and I'll be back anytime you want me. Yeah, all right. Thank you. All right, we'll catch up after the game. Enjoy it as much as you can and enjoy the weekend. <laughs> Thank you, you too. All right.